Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Gopotic. I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. Hey, Curtis. Today, we are talking to Keir Barber. That's right. Keir Barber is the risk manager at CRH in New England Group. So he comes from an industry where they are dealing with construction, road construction mainly, What's so great about him is he is our first, and this is exciting, person who's not a fit-for-work employee. All right. We're going to hear from him a little bit on what he does with the work comp insurance, how he is the liaison between that and the employees that are working with his company. Exactly. Getting this insight is something that I think is very foundational for -for fit-for-work employees, as well as he has great tips on those who are in this setting, so those who are employees risk control, risk managers, and some little insights that he has to share. So we're going to jump into this interview with Kier, and we're looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us, Kier, and we are excited to get your input from your experience and how you can help our listeners. So first and foremost, uh, I would like to get a little bit of your background as to what your current position is with your company. If you can just fill in our listeners in on that, please. Sure. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for having me. So I am currently the uh, risk manager for the New England group at CRH. So I have uh, four companies in six, all six New England states that I'm responsible for. And I kind of, well, I handle all of anything having to do with insurance. So I handle all the uh, workers' comp injuries, uh, managing those, working with our uh, insurance carrier, uh, and then medical providers and fit for work. And then also I handle anything having to do with auto liability, uh, general liability claims, uh, anything along those lines, again, for the four companies in six states. So you are very familiar with your keyboard and paperwork, it sounds like. Uh, yes, unfortunately, I've spent a lot of time uh, riding the uh, the pine uh, pine desk. Gotcha. So, how did you get into that position? I mean, that's I'm assuming that's not a position you were in college or high school, and you're like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So, how, how did you get to that? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. I kind of just fell into it. So, I went to uh, the University of New Hampshire for business, and then as I was graduating, Liberty Mutual has a good working relationship with that uh, college. So I ended up actually being an adjuster for Liberty Mutual for four-ish years. I handled all kinds of different uh, claims. Ironically, never workers' comp. And then uh, I handled a lot of general liability, auto liability, and then I got into uh, complex specialized claims having to do with uh, oil releases, chemical releases, uh, and then what they call complex and emerging risk claims. Um, so a lot of things having to do with like nanotechnology and a lot of the different emerging risks, risks that they weren't quite sure exactly what they were going to do you know, how the risk actually is going to play out with that. Uh, and then uh, I used to travel a lot to get to work, but a lot of commute time. I used to joke that my part-time job was commuting to my full-time job. Uh, and then uh, in life, I decided I wanted to spend more time at home. So uh, this uh, position uh, came up uh, a lot closer to home. So I kind of just applied for it. And I guess the rest, as they say, is history. There you go. And I always find it interesting how, and this is kind of my general experience, that it seems most people who are in safety are in the same boat where it's just, it kind of pops up and you're like, I think I can do safety, right? I'm assuming that was kind of your mindset of, oh, that's close enough to what I've done before. And then they they get into it that way. And sounds like that was your route. So once you got into it, how, how was the learning curve for you? Do you feel like, do you feel like it was a natural mindset for you or do you feel it was kind of difficult to get started in? Uh, It was a little different. So when I first started, um, I was in actually kind of a different position, handling the same type of uh, 
uh, claims. Uh, they had a different uh, title for it um, five years ago when I started, and uh, it wasn't. It, it was definitely different because uh, back then I handled a lot more of uh, the federal uh, government reportings for MSHA and OSHA and all that kind of stuff. So it was definitely a learning curve coming from just you know the insurance industry. Since then, I've actually been able to develop and move into a different position uh, and kind of create my own position with my uh, with my supervisor to try and come up with uh, different things. So actually, I've moved back more towards just handling the insurance aspect of it, which is kind of what I'm more familiar with. But absolutely, it was definitely an odd uh, experience when I first started going from you know handling things from the insurance side of it to actually being an employee of you know an insured, if you will. It was definitely kind of a learning experience and kind of handling things and moving forward and then you know actually doing the workers' comp aspect of it because I've never actually done that before I started here. So that was a whole entire different realm. Uh, it's a lot different working with injured employees and trying to bring them back and managing the claims and trying to get the best benefit for the employee as well as the employer. Definitely. So, and how much uh, interaction do you have with employees? Is it, are you communicating with them directly a lot or is it kind of just through email or how, how do you find the most effective way when you're communicating? A lot of it is actually through different technologies or not over the phone. I don't get a lot of FaceTime uh, simply just because the territory is so large. I mean, there's one of me and I've got probably about 2,500 employees that you know I have a working relationship with. So it's nearly impossible with that many employees in six states with Know, four companies, and I would hazard a guess somewhere around 75 to you know 95 locations. It's impossible for me to be able to actually get out and do FaceTime. So I do a lot of things utilizing technology, and then also we have uh, field safety providers that uh, I utilize a lot and lean on them a lot too. Obviously, they're out in the field. There's different ones per company in diff- different states and territories, so it's a lot easier to utilize them because they have the you know the working relationship and the face-to-face relationship. I'm I'm kind of you know behind the scenes making sure that. All the I's uh, get dotted, all the T's get crossed. So it's definitely I, I do get to see some of the uh, some of the employees um, during our spring startup meetings, uh, and kind of put you know they get to put a, a name with a face. But a lot of it is actually just utilizing just the different people on the field. That there's a, a lot closer of a ratio for them, you know, uh, safety professional to employee as opposed to me. Okay, then that makes a lot of sense that you would want to. With such a large area, it sounds like you're utilizing at least as much close of a relationship as you can manage with them. And so having with so much of your job entitlement being, you know, keeping track of the fine details, when you first started, how did you start to become more comfortable with this type of setup? Was that a hard thing for you or was that pretty easy given that you had to deal with so many people? It depends on the situation. I know it's not really kind of an answer, but when I first started out, I guess I, I wasn't necessarily ever you know, overwhelmed. I had a, uh, I've got a great team here that I work with that have been uh, at these companies for a long time. I mean, we're talking uh, most of our people are 10, 15 plus years being here at uh, the different individual companies at CRH. So they've got a lot of the relationships already built. So I definitely rely on them. So I actually was able to come in and kind of utilize them. So instead of when I said I have, you know, that 2,500-ish employees, I don't interact with a lot of them. I mean, I probably only interact with 1% of them that actually get into, you know, incidents or injuries or accidents or anything like that. So my main focus would be on the, the team of 10 safety professionals that I work with on a daily basis. So it was a lot easier to build a relationship with those 10 uh, employees and then rely on their relationship with their crews and, you know, and within their territory and their employees. So I get to, you know, it seems daunting you know, when you look at it full scale, but if you take it off, and the easiest way to eat an elephant is you know, 
bite by bite. So to try and take it and to run with the relationship that I have with these individual safety, you know, safety leads and utilize them to try and make things work. But, you know, if I were to have to go from just being myself to those 2,500 employees, oh, absolutely. If it's five years into it, I still wouldn't have a clue and would still be, you know, overwhelmed and daunting. So, Kier, how do you feel that workplace injury prevention kind of plays into this work comp insurance side of things that you, that you deal with on a daily basis? Oh, it has a huge, a huge role uh, with it. We actually have seen a large number of decrease in soft tissue recordables and, and injuries in general. Almost all of our soft tissue uh, sprains, strains, anything along those lines are now being utilized with Fit for Work. And we have an excellent Fit for Work provider who has worked, she's been here I think for probably going on about three years now, and she's created a great relationship in Northern New England. I'm still you know, learning all the, the Southern New England uh, Fit for Work providers, and, and from what I've had interactions with them, they've been great too. But so I, I guess overarching, these Fit for Work providers are doing a great job working on being available to actually go out and help, and they've minimized a great deal uh, the overall cost of uh, these injuries. Due to state-specific uh, requirements and you know laws or whatnot, we still all report all injuries to our insurance carrier. But instead of being several thousand dollars worth of doctor's visits and treatment or whatnot, a lot of them now are just notice only, just to notify them that there was this injury and just to protect our interest as well as the employee's interest. So it's had a great decrease on our financial you know, bottom end as far as you know, workers' comp claims go. And then also, it's been really great for our employees out there in general, just so that they know that there's somebody on staff that's out there that, you know, cares for them and can provide care for them so that, uh, you know, if they have issues, whether it be work-related or even if it's a personal issue, we've had a great luck with them, you know, coming out and, and providing our, our employees with great services. And it, it's increased, uh, you know, or it's decreased financially and it's increased the morale and it's, it's just been a positive experience all around. That's wonderful. So how long were you with the company before you started to have that association with Fit for Work? Probably about two, two and a half years. Okay, so you've had about half of the same time with us as you have without us. And in that time frame, I mean, how is that? You've noticed all these positive changes. How has this made your job easier for you in those experiences? Oh, absolutely. It makes it a lot easier because now we can you know, provide the employee with this service, you know, with fit work providers that allows them to be seen on the job site or in the you know, comfort of uh, you know, their own normal setting. So it reduces the anxiety of the employee. Our providers are great with quick turnaround that they can get right out there and see these employees. So I think personally that it benefits the employee's morale and psyche with the fact they can be seen you know, on their own quote home turf, if you will. A lot of our guys are, are not big fans of doctors. A lot of them have you know the, the white coat syndrome. You know, you start uh, mentioning doctors or treatment or anything like that, and you know, they get clamped right up and they have a lot better relationship with these people that these providers that they see, you know, our providers go out and you know, meet with the guys, do their morning stretches with them, you know, eat lunch with them sometimes if they're in the area during their break time, they'll hang out with them, they'll talk with them, they'll communicate with them. So our employees are seeing a lot of these providers, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, and sometimes even more frequently than that, a couple times a week. So they're actually, you know, building these relationships. So it's actually helping them get over their fear of doctors or getting any sort of treatment. So it helps them on the mental end of it. And then we're also catching things a lot earlier, so they're not turning into huge claims or huge injuries. I mean, obviously, sometimes you do have the ones where there's nothing to do about it. You know, if the employee broke a leg, well, you know, it is what it is. But a lot of our softer, smaller injuries are being handled quicker with great professional care, and it's really kind of nipping things in the bud and really getting them back on, you know, turning around and getting them back to work a lot quicker. Are there 
any initiatives that you have going right now with the work comp thing and injury prevention to keep you guys on a good track, preventing injuries or, or reducing your work comp claims? Yeah, we have a, quite a few different initiatives. Uh, one that I can think of that uh, our fit for work providers have uh, been a part of is actually getting a um, force scale that we put out with all of our, uh, our ready mix division. And then we're also rolling it out with some of our transportation folks as well so they can see the amount of force and what utilizing three points of contact does to reduce the amount of force on their knees, hips, ankles as they're getting in and out of uh, trucks on a daily basis. I mean, we've got guys that are doing it up team times each day. And when you show them that, you know, if you're jumping down and not utilizing three points of contact over a week, that's like your joints are carrying the weight of a, you know, a humpback whale as opposed to if you're using three points of contact, it's only the weight of a, you know, a horse or something over the weekend. When you start utilizing these figures and animals and the, the weight of them and you know, describing employees, describing two employees, that type of uh, explanation, they really started realizing, hey, you know, if I do utilize this and if I think about this, you know, over my 40-year career, that's a lot of, you know, a lot of undue stress and strain on my joints that if I don't do that and I do it correctly and I utilize what the safety team is telling us in three points of contact, it's going to save me in the long run. So that's just one great example that Fifth Work has been involved with that's really kind of helped us and opened up the eyes of our employees. And we've noticed a, a great buy-in even further with utilizing the three points of contact. We had a great run at it beforehand, but when we start providing this information to them, it really kind of opens their eyes up and they definitely they go for it more frequently. Oh, and that, that's just a great perspective that you guys, and that's really cool to, to put it in more, even though nobody knows the, the exact weight of a whale, but they, they can still imagine that. And so that's wonderful. You're putting that in perspective. A little break in the action here to ask you guys a question. As a business or a company, do you feel the need to get ahead of your injuries instead of always cleaning up after them? We at fit for work can partner with you to systematically prevent injuries before they even happen. With over 750 sites and 20 years of experience, we have helped countless companies of all shapes and sizes do exactly that. There are four ways we can help you. On-site early intervention, industrial ergonomics, employee testing, and safety compliance. Go to our website, www wellworkforce.com and click on the connect with us button to learn more. Back to our interview. So kind of my curiosity, and I've actually always wondered this, since you've been with both sides of having fit for work and not, have you noticed increased reporting of accidents, but lower recordable cases because more people are willing to come forward with smaller things to get help sooner? We haven't noticed an increase in recording. We had a, a great policy here where we report everything from if you get a paper cut to, you know, you break your arm, everything gets reported regardless of severity. And that's been something that's been ingrained for, for years. Uh, and all of our employees know that. So Fit for Work hasn't really necessarily changed our reporting stance uh, as far as the amount that are reported. It has had a great effect on decreasing the severity of them. Uh, and we can get back out there or get our providers out there a lot sooner to correct these issues when they do come up. So severity levels have decreased. I don't have off top hand, but uh, you know, we used to have a lot of soft tissue recordables you know, three and four years ago. Now we may get one every couple of years, one every two years. So that's a huge decrease right there just because of fit for us. Yeah, that, that is definitely impressive. And to, to see that turnaround at your site. So uh, another question we thought about is from your perspective, what, what are some of the common 
challenges that are in the world of workers comp that kind of can tend to be that that frustration to the steps of helping an employee i would definitely say the different jurisdictions and the different requirements that each state has and then also a lot of it comes down to the employee and the relationship with the employee a lot of that can be you know a claim if you will can be make it or break it based off of just the employee's willingness to want to work work through the injury. Luckily, almost all of our guys, I'd say 99% of our guys uh, out there in the field are definitely all about you know, wanting to work with the company and move things through. And you know, They understand there's a lot of nuances and different you know, ebbs and flows and there's different parts of the process that have to get done. And a lot of our guys are willing to definitely work with us on that. You always do have a couple that you know, try and buck the system and that definitely makes it a lot uh, difficult. And then there's just the difference. Uh, each state, obviously, different laws based on work's comp, what they, uh, what they require and what they don't require. And, a lot of that can be kind of difficult to uh, navigate. So I guess going back to your question that I wanted to postpone for a second, something I want to definitely uh, relay off to somebody else if they're going to be getting into a new risk management, you definitely make sure that you find the right contacts, um, either your insurance carrier or your department or anything along those lines to try and help uh, help somebody new uh, getting into this business, um, learn all the different nuances. And uh, with being a risk manager, you're definitely not an expert on anything. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none is the biggest way to look at it. You need to know a lot about a little about a lot of different things, um, and that's something that definitely I had to learn when I started here about all the different parts of, you know, aggregate division, crushing big rocks into little rocks and making different products, how to, you know, do road construction and paving and um, ditching and all kinds of uh, grade work, uh, and then also you have to learn about how to make asphalt, how to make concrete, how it gets applied out to different projects. So you have to learn the whole internal part of the business, uh, then you also have to learn all of the legal legalese aspect of workers' comp. And then another big part of it is just, you know, the relationship building and working with your team and all the different employees. Uh, so if somebody were to take this job, they definitely need to make sure that they're able to work and function within the gray area. It's, you know, a lot of the times it's black and white, but there's a lot of gray in between. That uh, Somebody has to be able to be comfortable at focusing in and out of their, uh, their comfort zone a lot. I think that's a, a definitely a great perspective there and, and something that I didn't even think of um, as far as that you need to get out there and, and see the crushing of the rocks and, and how to make pavement and, and everything else. Just like Curtis and I as providers, we've got to get out into our sites and see how the guys are lifting boxes or making windows or something like that. So something I, I guess I didn't think about in your position as well is that you've got to got to get out there and be on the floor and, and with the people and see what they are doing. Also, how do you feel that being able to see what the employees are doing, how do you f- incorporate that with the risk management part or the, the workers comp things? Why is it important that you know what they're doing? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question. And one that I never even thought of when I first started, but it's something that's very important to know. You know, when we get these reports of employee X was working on the primary crusher and, you know, if you don't know what a primary crusher is, there's no way you can understand what that employee was doing. And never mind when, you know, say that employee has some sort of an injury that's going to require further care than what fit for work can provide and they go to a medical office, you're going to need to know and be able to explain to that provider at the medical office what exactly this employee's job is, what they were doing when they got hurt. So that way, you know, oftentimes a lot of providers... Uh, if they're not skilled in occupational health, when they hear construction injuries, they're automatically assuming, oh boy, this guy runs a shovel, you know, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. There's no way he's going to be able to come back to work. We're going to take him out of work. So in my position, I need to be able to know what employee X does, what we have for light duty, and I need to be able to uh, correctly explain that to the provider so they don't automatically get taken out of work. 
because uh, there's a lot of different you know nuances of what we can do. Oftentimes, people don't realize that we have you know we have scales at all of our different locations. So if we've got an employee with a broken ankle that needs to sit down and elevate his ankle, he can absolutely come into work, or she can absolutely come into work and sit down and ice their foot while they're running the scale. Uh, a lot of providers don't realize that. And if I wasn't familiar with what type of job aspects are out there, when we have for you know open positions, I would never be able to tell provider we have those options available and try and explain it to them so that way that these employees aren't taken out of work. Well, and that makes a lot of sense that you want to provide them with opportunities to still continue to make that paycheck and still provide for their families and not just say, oh, no work. And then you have to deal with, you know, the adjusted pay scale and all those different things. So that's really a great advice to get your hands into that setting. So that kind of disconnect that can occur between the medical field and then risk management, what have you done to kind of bridge that gap? Have you found it easier just to, you know, try to call these doctor's offices directly or how, how do you bridge that relationship? Sure. So when I first started, we had a list of some providers that were out there that were kind of familiar. In my five years I've been here, I've really tried to hone in on clinics in different states that actually understand what we do for a business. Uh, so we try to build relationships. Uh, I go out and meet with different people, whether they have meet the providers if possible, or oftentimes uh, we have a larger multi-location uh, clinics out there that have somebody that's a similar type of a position that I'm in that I can explain to them and I, you know, I give them the whole spiel, if you will, of what we have for our early return to work program and make sure that they have that information available so that if I can't actually speak to the provider that this person at this you know company that has a relationship with this provider can communicate that and relay that information to the provider so they're aware of it. So that's kind of one phase of it. Another uh, option we have here is we have a great nurse case manager that's been working with uh, you know, the New England group for, I don't even know how long, 10, 15, 20 years. It's very familiar with everything that we do. Uh, and she'll actually go out and meet with the providers too if it's a significant enough injury, you know, fracture requires surgery, something along those lines, where she'll go out and meet with a provider as well. But we have a great list of uh, clinics in the states, all the states I work in, we do not have managed care, so we cannot dictate where the employee goes. But we have such good relationships with the employees and with these clinics that we can you know, try and explain to the employee it's their decision to make. But we have these clinics where we have these great relationships where they understand the type of work we do. They understand the injuries that we have and that we can go out and you know, get these people you know, at the head of the line, if you will. They don't have to wait in the emergency room or wait in the, you know, the waiting room for three hours to be seen. I can call ahead to these providers and say, hey, I've got an employee that was doing X, Y, Z and they're hurt, this is what their injury is, they're 45 minutes out, so when they get to these clinics, they're first in line, all the paperwork is all set up, ready to go, they can get right in, see them by the provider, and get back out. So that's something that you know I've worked on, trying to get everybody up to, up to snuff and understand everything that we're doing, to try and smooth and streamline this process as much as possible uh, for when we do have an injury. Obviously, the, the number one thing is to prevent that, but you know, injuries do happen. Man, that is awesome. And you already talked earlier in our interview about a lot of your employees having this white coat syndrome. So you being that buffer and not somebody that they see as a scary person, you know, gosh, darn it, I had a work injury and now I've got to go deal with the work comp guy. But you're more of that liaison building that bridge between those employees and the medical fields. That just sounds like a, a great relationship that you've got and you've built there. Speaking on those relationships, was that something uh, with the medical providers in your area, was that something that you had to work on once you got the position or is that something that had already been established with your employer? There were some relationships started. I did build upon them. There were some providers that weren't really up to snuff, so we kind of eliminated them and provided 
brought in these larger groups that are able to do it. So there was some sort of a foundation, kind of use a, uh, an analogy that, you know, the foundation was there. Uh, now I've kind of built it up to the, uh, to the whole house. We've now got two stories and a roof and everything else. So not saying that I couldn't have probably done it as a startup. There wasn't some sort of a background, but we've definitely improved upon it, tweaked it and built it back up to, or built it up to what it is today that you know, really helps everybody streamline and make a, uh, a painful process as painless as possible. And was that something that you did on your own, you know, motivation because you saw the need or was that something that was asked of you to do? I saw a need. We had it, like I said, we had the groundwork. I did have a relationships with a few different uh, organizations prior to, so I was able to try and kind of streamline them and bring them in just through different opportunities or whatnot I've had uh, elsewhere in my career so far. But I would say I saw a need and wanted to improve upon it to make it, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I guess maybe it's selfish because it, uh, it benefits myself and makes my job a lot easier if we have all these things in place to begin with. So a little bit of, uh, of work in the beginning makes it a lot easier on the back end. Definitely. Well, and, and I like that you took it upon yourself. And maybe that's a, another tip that uh, other providers, some, sometimes I think people think that they may need permission to go about and look after these changes, but just that desire to let's make this easier. Let's bring them in. Let's get that information out there. That's very wise of you to do. With your experience now that you've been doing this a while, what is kind of the future of making your job easier? Where, where do you see your job being? Is it going to be any you know more complex or, or are things getting simpler as the, your time with the company has been? Depends. Is my boss listening? <laughs> <laughs> that depends if you send him the link, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think some aspects of it uh, always become easier. And then I think other aspects, you know, always become more complex. So uh, I know it's not really an answer, but I'm a big believer in if you make something easier, you know, something else falls apart. So you got to try and put out all the fires and try and give it a uh, an even approach at everybody. So it doesn't really answer your question, but I, I don't think there really is an answer. I'm not, if there is, I'm not sure what it would be. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, our, our time is far spent. Amber, any final questions uh, for, that you can think of? No, Kira, I just think it, it's been a great perspective, and especially this last kind of half year and, and where you get in to talk about the relationship that you've built with the, the medical providers. I think that that is a great piece of information that our listeners will be able to take from. Definitely. And not just, you know, you, obviously you've had positive experiences with Fit for Work, which is always a plus, but it's wonderful to see your perspective on the things that you've done and the initiatives you've taken to, and with the focus in mind that you don't have to just help one. It's not like there has to be a battle. Oh, I'm only going to help the employer or I'm only going to help the employee, but it sounds like you've really sought after this balance of trying to help both. And that's something I think a lot of people can listen from. So any final thoughts that you would like to bring up before we depart? No, I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to do this. It's uh, been a great pleasure talking to both of you, and I uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you as our listeners took something away from our interview with Kier today. I know one of the points that I took away was I really liked how he serves as the liaison between the employees and the medical providers. He's really built up that relationship with the medical providers in the area. It's kind of a scary and muddy water sometimes as an injured employee to try and navigate that on your own. But it sounds like Kier's got a good system and a good relationship built up. Definitely. And going back to even our interview that we had with Adrian, you can hear in Kier's voice, 
His main thing is he is trying to get that employee back to provide for his family. And he set up a way by letting them know, just like Adrian says, acknowledge that they hurt. Let them know, yes, you are in pain, but we can help you. And that's such a positive message that it's not, well, let's give you the most minimal care possible. Let's find ways for you to still be productive and still be able to provide for your family. So now we've shifted gears a little bit here with Kier's interview. And from here on out, we're going to be focusing more on workplace injury prevention, more industry-wide. So make sure you stay tuned. Definitely, and hitting wider topics. So it's very excited for our next guest, which is going to be Forrest Richardson, who is basically the guru on OSHA with Fit for Work. So he's a great tool for all the providers out there if they have questions. And he's going to be hitting some awesome, simple advice on what you can do to make sure that not only are you compliant with everybody's favorite four-letter word, OSHA, he lets you know how to make it productive and meaningful and Great tips that are very simple. So looking forward to next episode. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. We are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, such as Stitcher. To get started preventing injuries, please visit our website at wellworkforce.com or email us podcast at wellworkforce.com with any questions or comments. And remember, prevention improves lives. 